Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, this is Terry, and we're back. We're broadcasting from my studio at home in Fort Collins. Let's go right to the phones where we're joined by one of our favorite contributors, Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing well, and you know, it's a beautiful day out there, but that's going to change. But probably need to talk a little bit about what's going on right now, maybe even give people a point of where they can get out right now, but then talk about the next upcoming weeks. And I know that involves fishing, but it also involves turkey hunting with you. And uh, this is the opening day in a lot of places, except for Yuma County, where they pushed it back. So you're not in a rush to get out there? You think that maybe you can still get a turkey later in the season? You know, absolutely, Terry. I think there's a lot coming out of turkey. And with that being uh, said, I think any turkey hunter could almost predict that foul weather is coming. Uh, I would say that this is right on track with about every opener of turkey hunting here in Colorado. Um, it never fails. We get warm weather. The birds start talking. It gets everybody excited. Uh, and then uh, we almost always get some sort of cold front or snow that kind of pushes it back. Uh, I can remember more of these type situations uh, than not here in Colorado. So it's one of those things. But the guys out today, I, I know a lot of turkeys have already hit the ground this morning. Uh, again, you know, the, the forecast this last week, sunny and hot is, is fantastic. Today is beautiful. Um, so the birds are going to be in their kind of normal activities. Uh, and like you said, a lot of things are going to come to a screeching halt, uh, you know, come tomorrow. It's really going to kind of slow down a lot of the talking activity, uh, you know, slow down even some of the movement of the birds. So I definitely think we're going to have a, a little bit of a slowdown. And we definitely have some kind of crazy weather, uh, if you want to call it, over the next week or two. Um, so definitely a lot of things kind of changing in the turkey world. Um, but I think it's important, you know, they, they give our Colorado turkey season a, a very long season. So we have a lot of time to spring turkey hunt here in Colorado. Um, a lot of times it's set that way for the opportunity of always having this crazy weather. So uh, by no means is this really going to hurt the turkey season. Uh, I think the biggest thing is everybody the same as early elk. You need to just stick with it. Pick your time. Um, you know, if it's going to be foul weather, you know, a lot of moisture, um, a lot of wind, a lot of cold temps, things like that, obviously it's not going to be prime turkey hunting. So, so at that point in time, do the other things that you might need to do later in the season. And then when it does get nicer, those are going to be the opportunities to go. Um, and a lot of times, as the season gets later, the hunts get better. Your weather gets better. Um, as the birds start breeding and you start losing hens as they start to nest, um, you know, those gobblers travel further distance. They talk more as they're trying to look for those hens. Um, so, again, opening day is always exciting if the conditions are right. Uh, but by no means, if you don't get out today, uh, are your chances over. I think, uh, you know, again, as we get even you know, towards the end of the month, uh, weather's going to turn right around, and that's some of the best hunting of the year. So, uh, again, even though it's going to kind of change things up starting tomorrow, I think that the best portion of the turkey season is still ahead of us. Uh, and I think it's going to be a great year for turkey hunting here in Colorado. And what advice would you have? You know, at Yuma County, they pushed it back to May 2nd. So that's, you know, that's what, three weeks or so. Um, there's people that may have draw. I don't know if that, the, I, I think some of it's draw and some of it's over the counter there. I'm not, I think it could be all draw. I'm not sure. So if you had a, a tag for Yuma County personally, and I know everybody's going to be individually and different, 
Would you hang on to it and try to hunt that May, or would you turn it in as they're letting you and just maybe get an over-the-counter license? Oh, absolutely. I would hold on to it. Again, I think the later in the season you get, the the better the hunting actually gets. Um, so, again, I think so many of us get out there and hunt early in the season just because the opportunity is there. We have a tag in pocket. Uh, again, we're hunters, so we love getting outside. Um, so, again, I, I think it's great to get out there now. Um, but, again, if you look at the harvest rate, the later you get, the better it's going to get. So, uh, if I had one of those tags, absolutely hold on to it. Um, those birds aren't going to go anywhere. Again, if anything, um, I don't want to use the phrase dumb them down, but the, the closer they get into more of that breeding season, the more active they get with no pressure around them, um, it's just going to make those birds that much easier to hunt. Because, again, right now, as the, the birds just start talking, as all of this kind of, you know, just starts going on as the season starts, hunters always put pressure on them, and a lot of times that can tone things down. You know, the birds are just barely starting to talk, and hunters start putting this pressure on them. Um, and a lot of times the birds are like, whoa, let's, let's calm down a little bit. By having no pressure in, like, a Yuma County-type situation, um, those birds are just going to get more active. They're going to start breeding more. They're going to get into more of a pattern. Um, so if anything, by doing that, it's actually going to help those hunters win that season does start um so i think those bullet birds are going to be in full swing of it they're going to be talking more they're going to be in good patterns they're going to be heavy on their roost trees um so i think a lot of that activity is actually going to help those hunters out there so again i, I would definitely hold on to the tag if, if i was one of those hunters you know I, I thought of another change with the hunting seasons and the fishing by the way too because a lot of times we'd go you know they're recommending to try to stay close to home and you should but sometimes we'd have a little bit of a drive or even if we were just in the field or on the water for a long period of time uh, in the middle of the day, we might take a break and come off the water or out of the field and go back, or we might, on the way home, stop and get something to eat. That's not so easy to do anymore. You got to plan a little better, Nate. Oh, definitely. I mean, we definitely have some, you know, some unforeseen uh, circumstances we've never, never seen before. Uh, but again, I think, uh, I think we just do our best, to, you know, to overcome and, and, like we keep talking about, you know, it's just staying positive. Um, I think that we are are definitely on the right swing of things. I know that, you know. We're so caught up, and I don't want to say the negativity because it is what it is. Um, but again, I, I think positivity, being cheerful, being happy, uh, you know, getting outside, enjoying the sun, enjoying the fresh air, um, is huge right now. And again, I do think that we, uh, I think we're beating this. Uh, I think we're on the other side of things, so I'm excited about it. Um, and I think we'll return back to our, our, a lot of our, our normal activities as a fisherman and hunter uh, here before we know it. So again. Uh, I think just, you know, getting out and taking advantage. And like you said, um, you know, maybe avoid the, the longer trips. And it's nice. Um, you know, I don't want to say it's nice, but I think Mother Nature, I should say, is doing us a favor. Um, you know, there's a lot of years in the past to where the South Park Lakes are open now. There's a lot of opportunities up in the hills that a lot of times are open water right now. Um, having uh, such a good winter and having some colder temps, um, we are not looking at those open water conditions uh, that we have seen in the past. With that being said, I, I think that's going to help anglers not have those bigger commutes. You know, again, obviously, you know, we have ice in a lot of the high country. We don't have a lot of opportunities on that. Um, you know, our ice season is dwindling. We're kind of in that, that awkward time to where, you know, we don't have amazing ice on somebody's water, but we don't have open water. Um, so we're kind of in that, that 
catch zone in between the seasons, uh, which I think is great. You know, now's a good time to, to stay local. You know, hit your local bass pond, hit the walleyes in the front range, hit all this front range opportunities. Um, and then hopefully by the time that all those, those mountain lakes start opening up, when we do start committing to travel more, um, you know, hopefully by then, uh, you know, we're, we're getting well past this uh, and things will start open up as far as opportunities and what we should be doing with each other and things like that. And, um, you know, again, I'm not a health expert, but just, just use caution, you know, keep everything uh, clean and watch what you touch, watch your interaction with other people, keep your social distancing, you know, again, even if you're going to go out with a buddy, you know, spread out on the boat, one on the bow, one on the, on the stern, just, just kind of keep things smart. Uh, and I think everything's going to be good. And I think uh, everything's we're going to get through this pretty quick. Again, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of scouting, breaking in my boat uh, and everybody I've seen on the water has been really on top of it. I think everybody's been super smart with how they're acting during this. Uh, and we're taking advantage of catching a lot of fish. And, and like you said, turkey hunting, uh, it's one of those things where a lot of times we do it individually anyways. Um, you know, so, so again, I think we're, we're timing our season with Mother Nature and all of this uh, is, is a good flow right now. I, I couldn't agree with you more. One thing I want to go back to what you said about people just being positive and happy. Could you text Karen and tell her she should be really happy she's spending 24 hours, seven days a week with me? <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, I, I, I'm concerned that if uh, – if you are getting bored at home to where you're driving poor Karen crazy, maybe she needs to up the honeydew list. Maybe we need to find some more chores for you. Let's, uh, let's move on to fishing here, Nate. Let's uh, <laughs> right to each other immediately. <laughs> let's move on to fishing. I, you just honeydew list. I've heard of those. Come on. Come on. Hey, no, seriously, we're going to have a nice day today. And I think this weather, as the walleyes especially, you know, I think that full moon probably pushed the, almost the end of the major spawning activity. I, you can tell me, but I would also think that this cold front is going to probably slow down some of the feeding activity, but then it'll pick up again as we get towards the end of the week when it starts to warm up. So you take a couple minutes, say, if you were going to go fishing today, where would you go? And then what do you think is going to happen over the next few days? Absolutely. You know, I, I actually, not that I'm ever for cold fronts in the spring. Again, a cold front affects in a spring fishery far more than it does a fall pattern. Uh, but with that being said, we actually are getting so warm, we're starting to creep up on our surface water temperatures. Um, and by no means would I say that these fish are entering summer patterns. Uh, but like you said, a lot of the walleyes are wrapping up the spawn. Uh, so we're definitely seeing way more and more post-spawn fish. Um, and honestly, throughout the week, I started to see fish of all species kind of again not entering summer patterns but kind of flirting with the idea um so like cherry creek where we've had that amazing basin basin bite so we've been trolling lead core you know in 18 to 20 feet of water um just doing amazing on fish when it got warm this week we started to see a handful of fish sliding up into that shallower water um which again is like the just the the flirting with the concept of hey let's start moving shallower the water's starting to warm up um and in that time, the fish kind of scatter. We always have a, a two- or three-week period where the fish are kind of spread out. Some are deep, some are shallow. I think the cold front is going to back those fish off, put them back into that deeper water, um, and really hold that pattern true. So even though maybe fishing during the brunt of some of these storms and some of these real high-pressure systems might, might, might not be ideal in the high pressure, I do think it's going to hold a spring pattern. So I think it's going to help anglers that are currently catching fish. Same as in the bass world. Uh, you know, obviously we all know Matt Inslee is a premier bass angler. Uh, he's had just an epic spring out catching bass on all the front range waters. Um, 
And in the last couple of days this week, his fish started to spread out as those fish started to move shallower. Um, again, it slowed down kind of that daily bite. But with this big cold front hitting, it's going to cool those surface temperatures. I think it's going to push those fish, and they're going to retreat back to that deeper water. And the patterns that we built this spring are going to be as effective as they were a couple of weeks ago, if not more effective. Uh, so I think it's going to be great to gather these fish and kind of hold them in that true spring pattern uh, again until we start warming up again. So as much as I don't like the cold fronts, I think it's going to, going to help gather those fish and keep those fish where they've been. Uh, and for the anglers that are on top of their current bites, I think it's just going to enhance that and help them catch more fish uh, in the next 10 days or so. Nate, uh, during this period, I know a lot of your activities like your tournaments and schools and guiding have been curtailed. If people want information, though, I know you're still pumping out a lot of information, a lot of videos. Tell people how they can follow you and some of the things you're doing. Absolutely. You know, like we said every day, you know, we're taking everything week by week. Um, obviously, we don't want to do a, a major website overhaul week by week. Uh, so the biggest thing is just watch our Facebook page, tightlineoutdoors.com. Uh, our Tightline Outdoors on Facebook, TightlineOutdoors.com on the online. Uh, but, yeah, just follow our Facebook page. We're keeping information there. And if you have any questions, I mean, it's easy. TightlineOutdoors at gmail.com is our email. Email us if you have any sort of questions. Again, our first major event of the season is May 2nd. Uh, that's going to be the catch rate event at Chatfield. Uh, you haven't seen a lot of information getting pumped out on that just because, again, we're kind of at that holding period, just kind of seeing what's going on. Uh, probably the end of this coming week, we'll probably start making some decisions, making some announcements, uh, and just kind of figure out what's going on with that. But, again, uh, everything is changing. I, I can tell you that we're not doing any long-range predictions. We're not canceling guide trips long-range out. We're taking everything a week at a time, uh, just kind of, you know, seeing what's going on, listening to, you know, the, the upper ends of what we should be doing with this. Uh, and, again, more more than anything, I can tell you that we are, we are being very positive here at Tightline. I think it, I think it's huge. Uh, it's very easy to get caught up in negativity and the doom of everything. Um, you know, stay informed best you can. Turn off any sort of negativity uh, that you're seeing on all the press. Be happy, especially enjoy this Easter weekend. Enjoy the sun today. Uh, and again, be positive. We're going to get through it. And uh, again, we have uh, an amazing season uh, at our at our feet here. Again, we're starting off huge with bass walleye. As we ice off in the hills, I think we're going to have some epic fishing. Uh, and, again, I think it's going to be a great year here. All right. We got to run, Nate. We're out of time. The last comment I have is tell Will Dykstra, even though his day job is fishing, he was singing on Facebook the other day. Tell him not to give up his day job. Come on now. We all know we love that. He's a great singer. Yeah, check it out. Go to Thailand Outdoors on Facebook and watch uh, Will Dykstra sing us a, a little ballad there. All right. Thanks, Nate. We'll talk to you guys soon. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Nate Zielinski. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to talk fly fishing on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're going to go right to the phones. And joining us is a longtime contributor to the show. He's done multiple television shows with me. And they're hiding away up there in Estes Park at Kirk's uh, Fly Shop. Kirk Bean. Good morning, Kirk. Good morning. Uh, I'll bet it's a beautiful day in Estes Park today. It is. It's really nice. No wind, sunny, nice and warm out Yeah, there. of course. That's going to change, but, you know, we're trying to encourage people to get out <coughs> and enjoy the outdoors. First, 
Let's talk a little bit about the store. I suppose technically you're closed to the public, but are you guys operating on some kind of basis up there? Yeah, we're in the shop every day from 10 to 3 to do to-go orders and uh, ship out stuff. So you can give us a call and we can get stuff ready for you. All right, so that call, and they also could go to your website if they want information, I'm sure. Sure, yep. And, and that's kirksplyshop.com, I believe, is what it is? It is, yes. Now, is this giving you time to spend a little time on the water yourself or at least get some reports? What is, you know, people want so bad to get out, but there's stretches of river, you know, the Big Thompson in particular, obviously you can't get up in the park, that have quite a bit of public access where people can get out and you can just be – you know, be socially conscious and separate. And, you know, if you're if you're more than six feet close to a fly fisherman, mean, he's probably mad at you anyway, Kirk. But, right. but yeah, what are what do you what what do you see in what's going on fishing wise? Well the Thompson's nice because you can drive up and see where people are. It's not like you go to a big parking lot and start from there like a trailhead. So it's easy to figure out where people are and you can easily social distance that way. Fishing-wise, the canyon's fishing great right now. Um, mostly nymphin, micro mayflies, uh, and RS2s as the nymph, nymphin rig is kind of my favorite. And on top, we're getting some blue wing olive action. Now, is that up and down the river? Is it kind of in different segments fishing differently? Or is the river fishing pretty good all the way down now? All the way down. The whole canyon, everything, is, I'd say, further away from the dam is almost better right now. And, you know, you when you nymph fish... You have a way of, uh, you know, a lot of people that put an indicator down and they'll they'll put some split shot in a couple flies. You really like to avoid that split shot, don't you? I do. It's just another area that you can tangle up on. So I try to get the right amount of weight in my flies. So I'll have a heavier beaded fly on top, and then I'll do my tiny fly below that. And typically, does that take a tungsten bead, or can you get away with just a standard bead? It just depends on the flow. I'll do a standard bead if it's uh, lower flow like right now. Uh, later season when the water is higher, I'll go with tungsten beads for sure. Now, if somebody was getting up there today, it's fishing pretty good. What do you think this upcoming weather is going to do to that fishery? Will it will it affect it, or will it just make it a little more uncomfortable for the fishermen, or will it change the activity? Uh, probably make the activity better. Normally when the fronts come through, the fishing is a little better, especially for dry fly action. Bluing olives kind of have to have cloudy days to hatch. Um, so the dry fly fishing is always better when it's cloudy and, and snowy or moisture in the air. So that'll be a little less comfortable for the fishermen and probably a little less crowded, And but it'll also be, uh, uh, it'll also probably be a little better fishing. Are you Correct. seeing anything else in any areas? You got any other areas you can tell us about what the fishing is like? Well, the inlet to the lake is also fishing really good, Lake Estes. Um, fish are running up there along the golf course there, and uh, the golf course is closed, so you can go fish all along the golf course through town here. It's actually fishing well, too, on the Thompson. All right, so the whole stretch of the Thompson, really from from where it enters town all the way down to uh, all the way down to Loveland, sounds like it's fishing pretty good. There's probably spots even in Loveland we're cold enough yet where even in town it's fishing. Any other rivers you've heard anything about? Uh, the St. Brain has been fishing good, um, just just up from Lyons um, and uh, on along that uh, Longmont Dam Road. Uh, this fishing has been great. Um, that, the flow came up to about 50 CFS, which is a really good flow down there. What about the uh, the North Fork of, of the Big Thompson or wherever? Is that fishing pretty good, too, or is that yeah, The North Fork is great well? right now, yeah. That's, that's, something that, that's something a lot of people don't uh, 
I don't think it's as popular as up and down the main river itself, is it? It isn't. It isn't. Uh, there's a lot of private in there, so you kind of got to know where your where the public spots are. But where the public spots are are very good. Okay, Most and dry fly fishing it, in there right now. Yeah, well, and it's such a beautiful little beautiful little river. Of course, the park right now is closed. I bet the park would be just starting to go right now if uh, if it wasn't for the uh, the closures, obviously. So that's got to put a damper on things for you because I know how much you love getting up in the park. No, I love the park, but I guess they'll have no pressure when we can finally go up there, so it'll be even better. So. Yeah, I've been talking to people about that. We're going to have a lot of undisturbed areas. Now, we've been talking in terms of, like, ice fishing on some of the lower lakes. They never really got the good ice. They didn't get pressure. Some of the upper places, the snow was deep, so they didn't get winter pressure. And now we're getting this where people can't go there. We get into, uh, you know, after runoff, and if things open up and are back to normal, which we hope, we could be looking at some tremendous fishing opportunities. Not only are the fish going to be unmolested, they're going to be growing, they're going to be just healthy, but I think they'll be very, very willing and cooperative too, don't you? Yeah, for sure. So if people wanted to get some more information from you, if they want to know what flies are going on, obviously you guys are still more than willing to share information. You've always been great about that. Or if they just want to order something from you and have it shipped or something, best way, get once you give your phone numbers and your website again. It's uh, kirksflyshop.com is the website, and phone number is 970-577-0790. And somebody will be here every day from 10 to, 10 to 3, or you can just leave us a message. All right, my friend, you hang in there. This will get better, and uh, at least get out and catch a few fish. I will. You too, Terry. Yeah, stay healthy. We'll talk to you again really soon, Kirk. All right, bye. That's Kirk from Kirk's Fly Shop. Always great resource. You know, River Lake, if you live up in the Loveland, Fort Collins area, and you've got the Pooter, you've got the Big Thompson, and you heard him talk about how wonderful he's fishing, you know, drive up, you can social distance on those kind of places, and it's really just uh, easy to find an area, whether you're a couple people or just you. And, you know, sometimes it isn't even about catching the fish right now this time of the year. It's about being out there on the water, the river's flowing, and you get to kind of gather your thoughts and contemplate things right now. It's just a great time to let the outdoors kind of refresh you and, and, and bring maybe some peace of mind through all this. And remember that we're going to get through this, and it's all, all going to be better. So by the way, as far as Kirk, Kirk and I did a number of television shows, most of them on the Big Thompson. And if you go to our YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, we did a winter fly fishing show there. We did some uh, below the falls on there. We did a couple of different shows, including we took Mark Mosier, the, who's the current uh, announcer for the Colorado Avalanche. Or I guess they're not playing right now, but Mark is their, their TV announcer. And Mark was with me on the radio at those back in those years, and we took him out fishing and taught him fly fishing, and we went in an area on the Big Thompson and we just there's a number of shows. We also did a number up in the park, which isn't open right now, but you might enjoy. We took a horseback ride up into the uh, up into the Alpine Lakes up higher, and we also did a number on the little streams and rivers throughout the park. So, best of fishing with Terry Wickstrom Outdoors has lots of uh, shows you places there and techniques at work. Something to maybe while you're waiting, getting ready, and it help you get out there. We're gonna take a quick time out when we come back. Uh, Chad Lachance is gonna join us and. We're going to talk about 
some of the bites up in the northern lakes and what's going on there and that about getting boats ready and some things you can do while you're kind of waiting to get back in the water. All that and more on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, broadcasting from our studio at home in Fort Collins. And let's go right to the phones, and we're joined by Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad. Hey, good morning, Terry. I'm broadcasting from my home on the side of the lake. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good time to spend as much time at home as you can, but people need to get out some, too. We just really... What I've been saying all all week, all week, all the last few weeks is we want people to get out and enjoy the outdoors. We want them to do it responsibly, um, and we don't want them to uh, – we want them to get well and stay healthy, but we also don't want to overcrowd our resources because many states are um, closing places because people are overcrowding them. And if we act responsibly and use things properly, maybe we can avoid that and have some access to the outdoors available to everybody. With that in mind, uh, what are you seeing going on up in the northern waters here? Well, you know, we're open for business, no doubt about that. And, uh, and you know, here, here we are in the Staycation National Championship, apparently, because uh, there's, I mean, I'm looking at the trailhead right now, and it is full and then some, and the bay is full. There's definitely a lot of people getting out uh, recreating. And for the most part, everything I've seen has been, uh, been done, you know, responsibly, not given the powers to be any other reason to shut us down. But like you said, that's going around nationwide as people start, you know, breaking these new uh, societal rules, let's just say, that uh, resource managers are shutting us down. So I'm not generally one to be very preachy, but the reality of the situation is we need to be very careful as outdoorsmen right now if we want to keep doing this. And that includes calling all your buddies from different households. That's one of the things they're talking about right here at Horse Tooth is, you know, people – groups from unrelated households getting together in a boat and i had a guy go so far as to tell me well my boat's 18 feet so i can have three people in it but you know as well as i do terry you can't get six feet apart from three people in an 18 foot boat and so we have to be a little bit more responsible about it but uh, having said that it's a beautiful day in the lake and there's quite a few boats out and from i've been on a bunch this week and almost all the boats I've seen have had one person or one person and a kid in it. There's not a lot of boats with more than one person in them, and that's been really good. But it does create a certain hang-up at the boat ramp because everybody's launching by themselves. So it's slowing everybody down as far as that goes. So go into it with the mindset that, hey, the, the inspection protocols have changed, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. And also it may take you a little bit more time at the ramp because of everybody launching by themselves and not being able to help each other. So a couple of key things there. Please, please, please don't tie your boat up to the inside of the boat ramp when you push it off the trailer. Pull it around the other side of the dock and tie it off there. That keeps the line moving a little bit better. Uh, some things like that will help out. Make sure your stuff is ready before you get down on the ramp and some things like that. But having said that, the lake is open for business. Uh, there are some fish being caught by some anglers, although most people are struggling. But uh, but it is nice to be on the water. Now, let's. I wanted to get to what is now this cold front and what's going to change and then a little bit. But let's, since you brought it up, let's talk about getting your boat ready real quick. Um as you know, I took my boat out this year and I took it to my mechanic and he went through it and I launched the boat, drove it to one fishing spot, 
played around a little bit. Karen actually had one 14-inch maybe smallmouth. And then we decided to move to another spot, and I had a seal blow in my fuel pump. Now, that could happen anytime. There's no way to really predict that. But, I, I, you know, you still need to go through and check your batteries, check, start your boat. Um, at least if you can't start it at home with hoses, start it before you back it off the trailer. Don't you agree that's yeah, one that's, of the biggest mistakes yeah, we see? That's seen? the biggest thing. A guy <laughs> did that again yesterday. He dumped the boat off the trailer, pulled it down the dock, went and parked his truck, came back, boat wouldn't start. And that's two days in a row that I've seen that. And uh, and really just back the boat down, start the motor with it in the water so that it will, it will cool and make sure it's going to run. Like you said, anything could happen at any time. I, you know, But the reality is if your boat's been sitting in the garage all winter or worse yet sitting outside all winter, it's got a really good chance that something's gone wrong. There's another gentleman just came in through here behind the house. First time they've had their boat out, his alternator's not working this year. So, you know, uh, it worked fine when he parked it in the fall. So that kind of stuff happens. But like you said, if it's still on the trailer, it's not a big deal to figure it out. Uh, if it's not in the trailer and keep in mind, the marinas and all the rest of the concessionaires, including yours truly as a guide are shut down right now. And therefore there's nobody to tow you, uh, at least not officially. So the park rangers are not, it is not their job to tow you, although I have seen it done. Uh, but yeah, so make sure your stuff's ready. Make sure some other key things too, should you be checked and you need to make sure that your fire extinguisher is charged up. Uh, check the water in your batteries. Make sure you have your throwable and stuff. And if the seams aren't blown out, I know a guy that got a ticket because his throwable was all torn apart. It was really old, you know, stuff like that. So that's important uh, as well. You know, check all your wiring connections. We've talked about this for years, but make sure all that stuff's going to work. And if you can check it at home and make sure your water pump's going to pee water like it's supposed to, that helps a lot as well. You know, a good tip for people now, you and I, now you're still spoiled. You're spoiled rotten, by the way. But I went through, I got seven, 17 new boats in a row when I was doing television. And so we we didn't do as much maybe spring checking because we were always rigging a new boat. And, of course, you know, check the batteries and do all those types of things. But if you're going to have a boat and you're going to keep it, and a boat can last you virtually a lifetime if you take care of it, you know, every three, four years, have a mechanic put a new water pump impeller in it. If one thing will keep your boat going, you, keeping it cool, pumping water, and they will wear out or dry out. So you, it's a really good idea. And it might cost you 150, 200 bucks, but they'll go through it. They'll do your lower, uh, your lower uh, engine oil and things like that. It's just a good thing to take it in every so often and get it checked, isn't it? Oh, yeah, because the thing people don't think about, too, is where that thing picks water up is down low. And every time you're on a boat ramp or you're in shallow water or whatever, your boat stirs up all that mud you see, all that's getting sucked into the impeller or the water pump. So, you know, it's for sure something that if I was keeping a boat, I would do it every other year. If I was keeping a boat every, you know, for extended period of time, I would do it every other year as a matter of normal maintenance, whether it was in my in my book or not, because I've had several water pumps go south over, over my career as an angler, and it never happens at a good time, and it's never any fun, and you'll get that dreaded engine alarm that you've lost water pressure, and uh, and that is not what you want. That is not a good way to succeed as an angler. So, yeah, water pump's a key thing. Uh, and, and the other one I see, and I already kind of touched on it, but topping the batteries off, keeping the batteries full of water, and the, the right way to do it is to charge the battery all the way up, then top it with water, and then touch it up again. If you fill it and then charge it, it will boil over. So, 
Uh, but make sure your batteries are full of distilled water as well. And especially if it's going to trickle charger all winter or you've been charging them on and off all winter, they will boil some water that way. And that's an important thing. And, and weak batteries are probably the number one thing I see people complain about first time out for the year. Oh, and I can attest to one of the first one of personally, you know, you know the story. I'm not going to go into it now, but I got used to not checking my batteries, getting a new boat every year. And I went two or three years with the boat I have and uh, didn't check the batteries. And I didn't get stalled on the lake or anything, but was having trolling motor problems. Couldn't figure it out till I realized, hey, dummy. You, you yeah. got to check these batteries, yeah. and 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 I won't go through the, uh, the the laughter everybody got out of that and the teasing I got because I think just the week prior you and I had done a get your boat ready segment, so it was really, it was really yeah. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Those who can do and those who can't teach, right? Is that what they say? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey Chad, I'm going to ask uh, Kyle to put you on hold, and when we come back. Let's talk about if people want to try to get out today, maybe the bite up there, but then what do you think is going to happen over these next few cold days and when we'll see it pick up again? That sounds great, Terry. All right, Kyle, put Chad on hold. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back and talk about the bite on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Phone. Fan, let's go right back to the phones and Chad LaChance. Hey, Chad, you there? I just heard your intro music coming in right there, and you will not be all alone at the end of the lake, I can tell you that. Uh, If you you decide to go fishing today, you will not be all alone. (laughs) Well, let's, let's touch on that. There isn't a whole lot left time if people want to get out, but the northern bodies of water, either boat or shore or something, you wanted to get out and wet a line what are a couple things you might recommend and what do you think this upcoming weather is going to do to the bite well i think the fish will go nuts later today before this blows in to be honest with you and any place that uh that has had trout stocked recently so in other words horse to carter boyd um all you know no fisheries i'm not even sure i know jayhawker ponds and a few others those trout are going to go ballistic this afternoon but uh, i don't know that i'd want to be out in a boat I'm quite certain this will hold the bass bite back a little bit once this blows in and cools the water back down. You know, here at Horsetooth, we're looking mid-40s water temperature, low 40s in the morning, high 40s in the afternoon. So that's not exactly, you know, gangbuster temperatures for bass, although there's certainly plenty of bass being caught. Uh, most Mostly undersized fish, but uh, but some being caught as well. And then the walleye bite... You know, you would know as, as well as I or better, uh, but I have to think that the walleye spawn that's going on right now will just will push right through this. I don't think they'll really care. Um, you know, they're spawning heavy right now, that, which makes them very difficult to catch. There's a few guys catching them here and there, but, the, to you know, you see a couple of headline fish, you know, one great big one, but understand that there might be 12 or 15 angling hours behind that one fish, you know. So, uh, but I suspect the walleye bite will go ahead and push through. And I think guys fishing from the bank right now, particularly guys targeting trout, will have no problem catching fish here uh, right through this weather. And I will say this, as soon as the weather turns and the sun comes back out, there's going to be a significant push in the the bass populations, I think, to all get fired up and going. And that's when the bass bite will get really good. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we're going to see trout. I think we'll see the post-spawn walleyes are going to get put down a little bit, maybe push deeper with what's going on with this weather in both Horsetooth and Boyd, although those two lakes fish, you know, quite differently. Yeah, 100% different. And, 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 and then, um, 
some pre-spawn. I don't think there can be too many pre-spawn walleyes left, but when we start warming up in about a week, week and a half, I would think the pre-spawn bass are going to start moving up. Is that what you're trying to yeah, basically, yeah. So there's still a big number of fish that are out in open water, and uh, but there's some starting to run banks now. And you know, I spent uh, six hours on the lake yesterday doing nothing but looking for big bass. I got tired of catching sub 15 inches out deep, which you know you can catch 40 of them in no time flat in deep water. Uh, but you know, I'm just not contacting anything, anything say 16 to 20 inches. And so I ran yesterday doing that. Well, I caught like 10 fish, 10 bass total, but five of them were monsters. Uh, but it took me all day to catch 10 bass on the lake. I know like the back of my hand, you know? So, uh, you know, there's that going on. So I think there's going to be a significant pre-spawn push once the weather comes back around, gets warm again. And I will say this too, the gravel quarry ponds and all the small ponds around town, those fish are ready to go. They're, they're, they're up and they're ready to go. And, uh, Weed beds are already starting to come up from what I'm hearing, although I haven't left my house since March 18th except for to go to the boat ramp. So, to be honest, I haven't been to the to the ponds in town, but from what I know from guys that have, there those fish are going already. So, um, the big reservoirs just need a little bit more time. The last thing I want to talk to you about is if you are staying home, um, whether it's just because of the upcoming weather or whether it's because you're trying to be just to keep isolated, um, this is a great time. I, you and I, you know, of course, we have inordinate amounts of rods and tackle, but this is when we go through our gear and make sure it's in good shape, that we know where everything is, that we've got it packaged and put away the way we want it in the right boxes and new line on our reels and things. This is the best time to do that. Yeah, I mean, we have no excuse at this point. The La Cueva del Fisco, my shop, is looking better right now than it's looked in a long time. Uh, we have no no excuse to not have our tackle in order. And, uh, you know, one thing I always tell people, check hooks and split rings. Just go through one box at a time and go through hooks and split rings and check them because, you know, you have nothing's more frustrating than reaching in and grabbing that one crankbait or jerkbait you were looking for and you pull it out of the box and it's got a bent hook or a broken hook or something on it. So check hooks and split rings is a really good thing. Check supply on stuff. You don't want to find out that you've got three of your favorite green pumpkin tube jigs left, you know that kind of thing. So it's a good time for that. And you can mail order that stuff, you know, so it'll ship it to your house. You know, you can order it straight from Sportsman's or whatever you prefer to shop and they'll mail it to your house. You don't even have to leave to go get it and uh, get your tackle in order. Because when, uh, when you do, when this all does lift, when you get out, the last one you want to be is not prepared. So take advantage of this time and do that. And the other thing is, Terry, this is what I'm doing. I'll end with this. I'm burning off any food that's left in my freezer fish or game uh, that's left in my freezer and it's a great time to cook that stuff right now because as we get back in season we can start harvesting more fish again and uh and go from there and i've had a lot of people contact me looking for harvestable fish right now yeah you're absolutely right and one one other thing about organizing i want to touch on and that's the fact that um i am notorious by the end of the fishing season that we'll be in a bite or something's going on and i have a a spoon or a crankbait or a jig or something tied on. And I want to switch quickly. And even though I'll have a number of rods rigged, I may want to switch one of those rods over. And I don't always put that particular piece of tackle back in the box it originally comes from. So a lot of sorting and putting things back where they, where they are. So I know where, where I can get them at the beginning of the year is important. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that invariably happens. I'll find random crankbait and jerkbait box and stuff like that. Uh, for sure, keeping all that stuff organized is good. Also, you know, a lot of these lures aren't cheap these days, and so just making sure you're taking care of them. Don't leave them about rattling around in a cup holder in your boat and 
and uh, and stuff like that as well. But uh, that can be that can be a really important thing. Make sure if you have any gulp that it's still in good condition from last year. Keep it from frozen. It should be fine. But uh, but you know things like that I do I do as well. And, and you know basically at the end of the day you want to be as efficient as you can. I don't care if you're just sitting on the bank dunking for trout. You still don't want to find out you've got the, you don't have the salmon egg hooks you need. So. Uh, you know, if you're a hardcore wildlife guy, well, geez, you don't want that magic color of drink bait that isn't there, you know. So make sure you're just caught up on stuff. I mean, if we're going to be stuck in our house and uh, and doing stuff, we might as well be working on something we, we thoroughly enjoy. And, and I do believe that anticipation is a major part of fishing. And tinkering with tackle is a great way to anticipate upcoming trips. All right, Chad, I'm going to let you go. But do you uh, uh, if you still available to give people information? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, at fishfulthinker.com is, is the guide business. People can get information there. Um, of course, uh, our social media is at fishfulthinker across uh, Facebook and Instagram, and also our YouTube channels banging these days. we got a lot going on there. But we're not guiding right now until further notice. I suspect it will be about the middle of May before we're allowed to actually start putting clients back in the boat. So we're taking advantage of this time to make sure we're tuned up and ready to go when we do. But uh, you can still book the trip. We'll schedule you later in the year. And uh, we're looking forward to getting back to doing what we do. But for right now, we're not able to actually take clients out in the boat. So we're uh, taking the time for ourselves. All right. All right, my friends, stay safe and healthy. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, thanks very much, Terry. And hope the same for you guys. All right. That's Chad Lachance. Now, Kyle, is Mr. Dan Jacobs in the studio? Yeah, he's here. Good morning, sir. And I suppose he's. Oh, and he has a microphone turned on. I do. You know, I just. You know, you look at what time it is on the clock. You accuse me of taking time out of your show, and I'm giving you like five minutes of my show today to make up for that. That's the kind of quality guy I am. Well, yeah, and by the way, Terry. So I was listening to you and Paul earlier. I thought about you earlier this week. You and Paul were talking about the Aurora Reservoir and just getting out. They have a lot of shoreline there. Uh, that's pretty much my backyard. So I was there this week. You know, I was doing my walk. They have that big loop, the trails you can walk around the lake. And uh, there was just one guy out there on the boat. And there weren't a lot of people out there catching fish. And it made me think about you because when I think of people not catching fish, you're the first person that comes to my mind. Oh, really? You know, I was going to tell you that I bet it's not difficult for you to socially separate because no one wants to be around you anyway. Hey, that's just mean. (laughs) That's just mean. Hey, seriously, I know we got a lot coming up, sports. You know, we're still covering the Broncos draft. I do have a question for you, and I'm sure you're going to address this over the next couple weeks, but Broncos, I think, have done a pretty decent job of filling some gaps and holes in free agency. Have they done a good enough job, Dan, where they can not draft by position and take the best player, or are they still going to have to lean towards position? Well, they have done an excellent job, but they, they, they've still left a glaring hole, and they have a couple pieces in the offensive line they really have to address. And so I think if you don't want to, re- you never want to reach, but you have all these nice new shiny pieces, and then the thing that's been killing you for the last five years is still killing you. I think it's going to be difficult for them not to address offensive line. And is, the draft is pretty deep in the offensive line, I understand, but is it deep with guys who can start? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's what that's like the one position where you see guys. Okay, well, not the one position, but one of the few positions where, for example, Mike Shanahan, when he drafted Ryan Clady, said he's starting day one. There was no talk about competition or this or that. It's like offensive linemen; they're expected to be plugged in 
and play from day one. Now, Terry, another thing we're going to be talking about, though, with the NFL draft, people now, as we get closer and closer, if you listen to the station throughout the week and you're on Twitter, they start to lose their minds, and all rational thought goes out the window the closer we get to the draft. So we'll talk about that as well. Well, and I love all these mock drafts because anybody who can tell me the Broncos pick 15th, what's going to go on the first 14 picks and who will be available, I don't believe anything else they say either. So, But it's fun to pick and fun to project. I know that. But I, uh, you kind of answered my question. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to wrap up my show so you can Sounds start good. yours on time. Okay. This, you're, you're, you're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We're wrapping it up. Dan Jacobs is going to be right back after the top of the hour to talk sports. But I want you to join us. We're broadcasting from home every Saturday from 9 to 11 right here on the fan. We're following up with parks and wildlife, trying to keep our information available so you know what's going on, trying to keep you. So follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and listen to our YouTube channel. Go to our YouTube channel, you know, just search uh, Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, and there's like 130 episodes. In fact, if you have Comcast, you can just go Terry Wick- Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom on YouTube, and all 130-some episodes will come up. So give you something to do. Get out there, but get out and enjoy the outdoors, but please do it responsibly, because if we don't, we're going to get some of these things closed, and we want them available so we can all get a break in the outdoors. We'll turn it over. We're going to go take off. Uh, We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour, and Dan Jacobs, and we'll see you again next week right here on 104.3 The Fan. (laughs) 